Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to the book of Romans, chapter 4. Romans 4, and I think we'll be going to 2 Thessalonians 1 also. We began a series last week that we're calling uh, Exceeding Growing Faith. That's a quote from the second scripture there. Exceeding Growing Faith. In Romans 4 and verse uh, 19, talking about Abraham, Romans 4:19, it says, "Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb." Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Now that word staggered is the same word for waver. He wavered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. And being fully persuaded. He wasn't wavering. He wasn't partially persuaded. He was fully persuaded of what? That what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Hallelujah. If God said it, he can do it. Is that right? If he said it, you can count on it. If he said it, you can expect it. You can rest on it. You can be fully persuaded. So you notice in the verses there in verse 19, he was not weak in faith. Verse 20 But he was strong in faith. So you can be weak in faith or you can be strong in faith. Wonder who it's up to. Which one you are. Well in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3. These words, part of these words are actually on the front of the building. He said, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or fit, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. The Young's literal translation says, increase greatly does your faith. God's Word translation says, your faith is showing remarkable growth and your love for each other is increasing. This is supposed to be happening with every believer. Every day, every week, every month, we are supposed to be increasing in faith and in love. Hmm? And uh, things are such that you don't just stay at a place where you were. If you're not doing the right things, you're going to begin to regress. And if you're doing the right things, you won't stay where you are. You're going to advance. You're going to increase. Faith grows exceedingly and your love increases. So we saw last week, if you were with us, if you weren't, go online and 
You can watch it online or you can download it. Or if you're in the building, you can get a hard copy. It won't cost you anything. And we talked about uh, our faith and how that God has dealt to every one of us a measure of faith. You can call it starter faith. (laughs) But yet the same New Testament also talks about that not everybody has faith. Not all men have faith. Well, how can that be so? Well, it's because, of course, not everybody's believers hadn't been born again. But then also, even though God gives you a measure of faith, you have to do something with it. You remember the parable of the talents? That he gave different ones, different measures according to their ability. Talking about money. And then some of them took it, did something with it, and doubled it. One guy did nothing with it, hid it, and had no multiplication. And the Lord wasn't pleased with him. You remember that? The Lord expects a return on his investment. He just won't accept it. Not having a return. And we're not just talking about money. We're talking about things more precious than money. The revelation of his word he gives us. And the faith that comes from fellowshipping with him and hearing his word. He expects us to take that faith and use it. And feed it and use it. And feed it and use it. Until it becomes strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud. Not being weak. weak. In faith. faith. But being strong in faith. And being fully persuaded. persuaded. That what he said. said. He is able to perform. perform. Glory Glory to God. You can even just saying those words. You can sense the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is the spirit of the conqueror. The spirit of faith is the spirit of the overcomer. It's the spirit of victory. Can you sense it even when you say that? You can sense it. This is not woe is me, defeated, dejected. No. This is I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. Right? That's who you are. That's your spiritual DNA. You're made in his image. There's not one defeated cell in your father. There ain't no defeat in him. There's no darkness in him. There's no weakness in him. None. Well, you are. A piece of him. Amen. 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 We need to act like it, don't we? Now, uh, go with me, please, over to the book of Matthew, 6th chapter. Matthew chapter 6. This is only our second time into this. And I can sense that good things are happening. You believe it? Good things are happening. In Matthew 6, we're going to read several verses here. We're going to start in verse 22. Now I'm going to read this in the Young's literal translation. You probably, if you've been around here very much, you found out I like that one. 
And the reason I like it is because in what studies I've done, it seems to be very accurate. And uh, I know the language sometimes you might think, well, that's, that's backwards. He, he, no, that's the way all ancient civilizations have been until recently. We're the ones that are backwards from how they've done it for thousands of years. Not to say which one's right over the other, but that's, it's not that something's wrong with this. Here he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye may be perfect, all thy body shall be enlightened. Now what do you do with the eye? You see. And what is it that you see with your eye? Whatever you look at. Whatever you focus on. That's what he's talking about. What do you see? Everybody turn around and look back that way. And, and just keep doing it if you would. Can you see me? Are you sure? I'm right here. I'm right here. Do you see me? <laughs> well, then you can't see. You can't see because I'm right here. No. Why couldn't you see me? You know why the world doesn't see God? Well, there is no God. Why are you just looking the wrong way? He's right there. He's right there. If you'll open your eyes and look at him. Jesus quoted from Isaiah, and this passage is quoted half a dozen different times throughout the New Testament and Old Testament, that their eyes, they have closed, and their ears, they stopped, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, be converted, and I should heal them. Who closed their eyes? They did. Why don't they see? Because they're doing this. I don't see any God. I don't say, well, open your eyes and look right here. Here he is. I never hear from God. Well, get the mud out of your ear. Just pull your finger right out. <laughs> and it'll be amazing. You go, wow, I'm hearing things. Yeah, it was there all the time. <laughs> Read this again. The lamp of the body. This is really an amazing thing. You don't actually see with your eye. It's just a lens. And, you know, the reflection comes through. Actually, a camera lens is designed after an eye. Some characteristics of it. And the light is turned into an electrochemical message that goes along your nerves to your portion of your brain and then you decide what you're seeing. Your brain interprets it. What the picture is. And so the physical body reveals spiritual reality. Because my body is not me per se. It's the house I live in. I am spirit and soul. And I live in this house. If you died right now, you'd just slip out of your house, but you'd be you. All the faculties you have right now, 
Paul said this. He had an experience with God. He said whether in the body or out of the body. I couldn't tell. And not a lot of testimonies of people that have died. And they got them back. They talk about it. That they didn't realize they were dead. Until they looked down from maybe where the ceiling was. And saw them working on their body. And they thought whoa. Didn't know they were dead. Why? Because they're not. Those in Christ will never die. Just because your body dies. Don't mean you die. But. The seeing part. Is. um, Spiritually. It's just like naturally. You see. What you look at. And whatever I'm looking at. Those images. Get in me. They get in my brain and, and then in my mind, in me. Well, spiritually, whatever you look at can get in you. And he's saying, you look at some things, it's light. If your eye is perfect or complete, you're completely looking at the right thing, your whole body has light. But verse 23, if your eye is evil or bad... Then your body will be dark. If you're looking at the wrong thing. You'll be full of darkness. If you're looking at the right thing. It'll be full of light. And if you're looking at dark. And the light that's in you. The thing that's supposed to be enlightening you. Is darkness. Then the darkness. How great it is. Keep reading. Because this goes together. None is able to serve two lords. Either he'll hate the one. Love the other. He'll hold to the one. And despise the other. You are not able to serve God and mammon. Because of this, y'all see why I just read that? Because of what we just read, I say to you, be not anxious for your life. Now, what does the King James say? Take no thought. And one reason I'm reading this is because you've heard take no thought several times. And you've got to watch about thinking, yeah, yeah, I know that. No, do you know it? Jesus said, be not anxious. Everybody say it out loud. Be Be not anxious. anxious. How would we say it today? Don't be anxious. Did he say try? No. No. Mm -mm. He did not say try. He said, don't be. Don't be anxious. Come on, say it out loud again. Don't be. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. What is anxious? Yeah, worry is an accurate word. Let me read some definition of it. Anxious means fear, nervousness about what might happen. Agitation, uneasiness, worry. Come on, did you hear the words? Fear or nervousness about what might happen. You ever heard somebody say, how's so-and-so doing? Well, her nerves is bad. (laughs) Is she a believer? Yeah. Then there's either ignorance or disobedience. Most Christians have not taken the master seriously about this. And because of it, it's cost them their faith. 
Now, do we want answers? You know, sometimes the answer doesn't make you happy when you first hear it. But if if receiving the answer and making an adjustment will cause you to get results you never got before, then that's a good thing. Right? The Lord quickened this to me yesterday, supernaturally led me to this. And I I know, I've preached on it before, I've talked about it before, but I got it stronger in me than I ever have before. He said, my people have not taken me seriously about this. Well, we need to take him seriously, right? If he said, don't do it, what do most people say, though? I, I try. I, I try not to worry. Uh-oh, did I lose somebody? I try not to. What did Jesus, the head of the church, your master, your Lord, what did he say? Be not anxious for your life. Then he goes into detail. What you may eat, what you may drink, nor for your body, what you may put on. Did he say, let me, let me read it again. Did he say, don't be in fear, don't be nervous about what might happen. Don't be agitated, don't be uneasy, don't worry about what you're going to eat, where your groceries going to come from, where your clothes, your kids' clothes. If it's true about that, why wouldn't it be true about other things? School supplies, college, medical stuff. Is that right? Insurance, rent, house payment, whatever it is. Utility bills. What did the Lord say about all that? What did he say? Come on, what did he say? Don't be anxious about that. Don't let yourself be nervous about it. Don't let yourself be fearful or worry, or be uneasy. Amen. Did he say it? Yes. Are we going to take him seriously? Yes. Don't be anxious. He said, is not the life more than nourishment? And the body more than clothing? Which is more important? The clothes or the body? If you don't have a body, you don't need any clothes. If you lose your body, you just need one suit or one dress. Is that right? (laughs) You don't need a house. You don't need a car. They'll give you a one-way ride. Your body. Is that right? You won't be there. (laughs) Verse 26. Look to the fowls of the heaven. Now, when the Lord said, look to the fowls, what do you do? I know a while back I saw a bunch of, you know, he, he mentions ravens here. These big black birds. And I saw a bunch of them outside the house cawing. Caw! Caw! Sounded like they were laughing at me. <laughs> and it reminded this verse, and there were several of them. I mean, y'all seen them do this before. I mean, there was like a dozen of them come around. And then they all started, caw, 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 caw. And I think I got the interpretation. They, they were talking to one another. One of them said, look at that dummy. He's just working, working, working. Hey, look at us. Look at us. We don't punch a clock. We don't never done a day's work in my life. Call, 
car. <laughs> and what they really said was, look at them worrying about eating, worrying about paying their bills. And one raven looked at the other and said, you ever worry about it? He said, worry about what? <laughs> you ever worry about where we're going to sleep tonight? Where we're going to fly tomorrow? Where we're going to find something to eat? They never worry about anything. And Jesus said, look at them. Amen. Learn a lesson. Yeah. yeah, but we're intelligent beings. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you get some God intelligence, you stop worrying. You stop. Look at them. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in the storehouses, and your heavenly Father does nourish them. Are not ye much better than they? And who of you, being anxious, is able to add to his age one cubit? You can't add to physical things, you can't add to time. What are you saying? If it doesn't help, why do it? Come on, say it out loud. If it doesn't help. If it actually makes things worse. And does no good. At all. Why do it? Why do it? Now, when you get to this, what people will think, if they don't say it, is you can't help it. This is the lie. Would the Lord tell us to stop something we can't help but do? Wouldn't he know whether you could do it or not? Would he be unjust and unfair to tell you to stop doing something that he knows you're not going to be able to stop? Then all that's going to result is you being in condemnation. Not doing something he told you to do that he knew you couldn't keep from doing. Nah. If he tells you not to do it, what do you know just from that one thing? If you couldn't do it before when he told you, the empowerment came with the instruction. Is that right? His words are creative and empowering. His commands are enabling. Aren't they? So when he told you, stop being anxious, in those words is the power to do it and if you'll believe it and act on it your anxious days can be done over your worrying and fretting and fearing can be over I know most Christians don't live like this but you got to make up your mind are you going to walk by sight are you going to look at everybody else? Are you going to believe the Bible? Are you going to believe what the head of the church told you and me? I believe the Bible. Let's don't try to water it down to match our lack of experience. Let's say, Lord, lift us up. Lift us up to live this. Come up to this. Verse 28. And about clothing. Why are you anxious? Now, let's take the head of the church seriously. 
Treat this like he's, like it's not me standing here, it's him. Looking at you and asking you a question, why do you get anxious about clothes? He'd say, why do you get anxious about food and drink? Look at the birds. They eat and drink every day. Never worry about it at all. Why do you get anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field. Should we take the Lord seriously? Then every time you're tempted to worry about the food on your table and for your kids, you need to look out the window and see where some birds are. Look out. And you need to see, oh, there's some red birds. There's some blue birds. Uh, What you need to check, are they worrying? Are they? Look at them and see what you think. Are they worrying? No. And then, you know, it's fall and winter here in Branson right now. But before too long, God's going to put some clothes on. On the hills, is that right? He's going to put some clothes on everything. He's going to put the leaves on the tree. They won't be bare. They'll be clothed and beautiful. He'll put the grass and the flowers on the hills. Is that right? And they'll be beautifully clothed. He goes on to say, he said, they don't labor. They don't spin, verse 29. And I say to you, not even Solomon. Solomon must have been a snappy dresser. (laughs) Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of them. I don't care how nice you dress. You can't match a field that God has full mountainside. That God's got full of flowers and, and all these things. Now, what's he saying? This passage started with the light of the eye. What you look at. And he's telling us what to look at. Don't look at how hard you think it could be for you to get money to get your food. Look at how easily I feed all these birds. Don't look at how high clothes have gotten. Have you seen the price of clothes? Oh, my word. Have you seen the price of this? Have you seen the price of that? You're looking at darkness, and darkness is going to be in you, and that's going to cut off your faith. But if you look at the fields, how many fields does God clothe? How much grass are we talking about? How many flowers? How many leaves? How many bananas fall off on the ground and rot that the monkeys will never be able to eat? How many? How many? Why, why look at that? Why look at that? Verse 30. Verse 30. If the herb of the field that today is and tomorrow is cast into the furnace, God does so clothe not much more you. I know this is not the language we're used to. O ye of little faith. Now look at the whole passage. Why did he call people little faith? What reveals little faith? Worry. Smallness of faith is directly determined, you can see it, by degree of worry. The more a person worries, the smaller their faith. Not my idea. What's this whole passage about? Why did he call them little faith? Little faith. 
You know, I quoted Brother George Miller last Sunday about some things. This is a quote from him. He said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Now see, he had all those thousands of kids, orphans, to feed and take care of. He had nobody uh, underwriting him. No government, no denomination, anything. He talked about numerous days. They started out with no food. Would he have been tempted to be anxious? I got all these kids to feed. You you talk about feeding your two or three or five. How about 3,000? And not only that, they're teaching them. They're educating them. And in fact, they brought those kids up to such a degree of education that people in the community complained. They're better educated than their kids. And we're getting better jobs. <laughs> These are kids who had nobody. Who had no money. But they had God. And they had these guys. And, and all this teaching. And all these supplies. And all these clothes. And all this food for these thousands of kids. Where did it come from? But he said. Let me read it to you again. The reason I brought all that up is because he knows this personally. Every day he's tempted to fret. Where's it going to come from? Where are we going to do? But he'd have never even got started. He certainly never made it that far. If he'd have worried every day. Wouldn't happen. He said. The beginning of anxiety. Is the end of faith. Now what do many people think. When you say something like that. Can't help it. I try not to. Honestly, I try, but then it just gets so heavy and and so overwhelming and, you know, everybody has down days and everybody, how you know? You don't know everybody. (laughs) Besides, what has that got to do with what the Lord said? There's a lot of people ignore him too. You don't have to be one of them. I don't have to be one of them. He said the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. The beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Here's the thing you need to decide. Either we can choose not to worry or we can't. Which one's true? Either we can choose not to worry. Just hold on. You're going to get it here in just a few moments. It's, it's going to keep building in you. And it's not about, well, I don't know if I agree with you, preacher. Don't think about me. Think about these verses right here. These verses. This was here a long time before I got here. What did the master say? Keep reading. Show God not so clothed, not much more you. If he, He's saying, if he'll feed the birds... A whole lot more he'll feed you. If he'll clothe the hillside. A whole lot more. He'll clothe you. Somebody said out loud. The birds are going to eat. I am too. too. (laughs) Is that right? The hillside is going to be clothed. I am too. I am too. And what would strong faith do about this? Absolutely. Not worry 
about it at all. Strong faith is simpler than a lot of people think. Strong faith. What would strong faith do? Abraham, not being weak in faith, being strong in faith, he was what? Fully? Fully persuaded. Well, in this case, you're going to be fully persuaded. I'm going to eat. My kids are going to eat. My grandkids are going to eat. My great-grandkids are going to eat. We're going to have a place to stay. Sometimes people say, people might think, well, oh, Brother Keith, you know what? You must carry a heavy load. Got these two churches and all these bills and all that word supply. And you got to have, you know, all these millions. You must carry a heavy load. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Phyllis doesn't. I don't. Our staff don't. Why? We're going to eat. We're going to eat. Church is going to have plenty. See, there's more than one reason why you hear me say the word supply is and always will be well supplied. I ain't just a talking. Has it been well supplied? It has been. But what would get in the way of it? If I start worrying about it. Come on, can you see this? If I start thinking, well, now this is pretty big now. I mean, you back when we first started, it wasn't all that big. But dear me, this is, you know, we're talking about some substantial money now. To who? Substantial to who? Either supposed to be doing it or we not. Either he told us to do it or he didn't. And if he did, tell me what strong faith sounds. Strong faith is fully persuaded that what he said, what he told us to do, he is well able, well able. This is small change to him. Is that right? He can do this and a whole lot more. Whole lot more. Well, that's not just for me and for Phyllis and me in the churches and ministry. You're supposed to do the exact same thing in your household and with your personal bills and with your business. The exact same thing. You can't worry and be in faith. Ever how much worry is there, that's how much faith is not there. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. The beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. (laughs) I'm glad you came this morning. This is. We're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 Verse 31. In case you didn't get it the first three times. (laughs) Verse 31. Therefore, you may not be anxious. Now, that's don't take that the wrong way. He's saying don't be. It's like you're saying, may I? He said, no, you may not. (laughs) May I be anxious? No, you may not be. (laughs) Saying, see, these things are evidenced by what we say. And questioning, unbelieving questioning reveals worry and anxiety, reveals lack of faith. Well, how how are we going to do it? 
Where is it going to come from? That's a lot of money. Higher in the world. We're going to make it to the end of the month. How are we going to do this? Where is that going? It's not okay to talk that way. The Lord specifically told us, don't talk that way. Didn't he? I don't know how I'm going to make it. The symptoms have gotten worse. It's just gotten worse and I just feel worse. How, how are we going to make it through this? And with what happened with the kids and with their marriage and, and what happened with this. I, I don't know how, how are we going to make it. How are we going to make it? Talking like that, you may not make it. Because that's exactly like the unsaved world. Thinks and talks. That is faithless talk. How does faith talk? Come on, help me out. How does faith talk? He's brought us this far. He'll get us the rest of the way. I can do all things. Not just in myself, but through Christ. Who strengthens me? What's going to happen? He'll help us. He'll show us. He'll strengthen us. He'll lead us. He'll add to us. Is that right? He will get us through. We will make it. Come on, are you with me? And you've got to say that when you don't have a clue in your head how and when everything about you looks and feels like you can't. Which is the most critical time that you don't talk unbelief, but you talk faith. Did the Lord tell you he would bring you through? Did he tell you he would sustain you and keep you? Did he tell you that he always causes you to triumph and gives you the victory? Then you've got to be fully persuaded that what he told you, he is able to and will do. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, but you just, you don't know how hard it is. You are being disobedient when you do that. If you didn't know better, it's just ignorance. But when the Lord tells you, and you know what to do, but you choose not to do it, that's another thing. And it's costly. All of us have been there. But if we've gone the wrong way, let's stop it. Let's stop and, and put a post in the ground. Is that right? What? Go ahead and put a sign on it. Right? What's the date today? 29th is the day when we finally obeyed the Bible. Is that right? And stopped yielding to anxiety. Started acting in faith like he told us to. Somebody say amen. Amen means so be it. So be it. Whew. We're making progress. We're we're making progress. Mm. Doing this one thing will be the difference in people in this building and watching online will be the difference between you going down or having a miracle. Doing this one thing. He said, you may not be anxious. Somebody say, I may not be. <laughs> Saying, what may we eat? What may we drink? What may we put round? <laughs> That's talking about putting clothes on. For all these do the nations seek for. For your heavenly Father does know that you have need of these things. Come on, can you hear the Master talking to you? He's talking to them. He's talking to us. 
He's reproving you and he's comforting you. And he's, is that right? He's correcting you and he's comforting you and he's encouraging you in me. He's saying, look, quit worrying about this. Nothing is going to surprise your father. He already knows. He knows what you're going to need 20 years from now. That you had. And he's already made provision. And he's already got it positioned. He's already got all the logistics worked out. You get on his path. Stay on his path. You will intercept. What he has already prepared. Made available beforehand. For you. That's what provision means. Before seeing. And. uh, He said your father already knows this. You run in and pray and go, oh God, I just found out I need a thousand dollars. He didn't look up and go, what? Really? <laughs> Michael, Gabriel, what happened on this? Where are we going to get a thousand? Oh, come on, come on, come on. Just because you imagine and feel that way doesn't mean it's that way. It is so wonderful. No matter what happens. You get a two million dollar bill. We've seen them. <laughs> and, uh, and you go. God already knew about this. God already knew. He already knew about this. Huh? And the, the big thing is. Are we doing what he told us to do? That's the big thing. Because he's not obligated to finance and supply. Just every wild harebrained idea you come up with. But if you're doing what he told you to do, you can be completely confident. If you don't see it, it's already on the way. And it'll be here. Is that right? That's why Brother Mueller would uh, have the kids come on into the kitchen and get ready to eat with no food. Is that right? Why? And you get a knock on the door. Everything you need. The birds eat. They eat good. So will I. Is that right? Come on, somebody should say it out loud. I believe the Lord. We'll eat good. We'll dress good. Drive good. Live good. Us and our children. All our life long. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. At all. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't be anxious, he said. Verse 33, but seek ye first the reign of God and his righteousness, and all these shall be added to you. Now we're talking about being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he's able to perform. He told you and me, if we'll seek his kingdom and his things first, he is going to add to us. Clothes, food, shelter. Is that right? Did he did he say? Did he say? You follow me, I'm going to add to you everything you need. Then if I worry about it, what does that show? It shows I don't believe it. I'm not convinced. The Bible says casting all your care on him because he cares because he cares for you. What he's saying is, leave it with me. Don't bother your little head. 
Just leave it with me. Trust me. I'll take care of it. You know, I've been in situations. I was in a situation a while back, and the Lord dealt with me. Notify them and tell them that the Lord's dealt with, with you and the ministry to take care of that, that ministry thing that they're doing. And so we did. Man, they were happy. They shouted. <laughs> you know, you heard the phone drop. <laughs> they were shouting there, you know, heard some commotion, and then they come back and go, Oh, Brother Keith. Oh, Brother Keith. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. They ain't seen any money. Amen. That's right. What do they got? They got a word from me. That's right. That's all they got. That's right. Amen. But you'd have thought they was holding the money in their hand. Amen. And they got the money. Amen. The ministry thing was taken care of. But now what if they'd said, Huh, that's that's nice, Brother Keith. I, I sure hope so. Uh, it's just been a tearing me up on this, you know. I said, no, no, did you hear me? We're going to send it. We're going to take care of it. Huh, okay. Uh, that's good, I guess. Uh, they won't quit worrying. Why won't they quit worrying? They don't believe it's done. They don't believe it's taken care of. Why don't they believe it's taken care of? They don't believe what I said. They either believe I, I can't do what I said or they believe I won't do what I said. Either way, it's a personal assault on my character. Why would I call if I couldn't do it? And why would I tell them I'd do it if I'm not going to do it? That, that's a serious character problem right. with me. That's why faith stops worrying. And faith begins to rejoice. 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 Rejoice and rejoice. Why? He said he's going to add to me everything I need. The head of the church said, I follow him. He's going to add to me. Come on, somebody say, he's going to add to me. Am I, am I reading the scripture right here? You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, if you're going to see how much sin you can get into and never care what God says, well, that's another thing. But if you're going to endeavor to find out what he wants you to do and live, follow his plan for your life, what can you count on? All these things are going to be added to you. Come on, somebody say, I will not lack. I will not lack. For every necessity, every necessity of life, of life. It'll, all it'll all be added to me as I need it. So why should you worry? Right. Why should you worry? Amen. Why should you fear? Amen. Why should you be anxious? My, 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 my. Verse 34, in case you didn't get it the first five times. <laughs> What did the master say? Be not therefore anxious for the morrow. For the morrow shall be anxious for its own things. Sufficient for the day is the evil of it. There's plenty of stuff to deal with when you get there. You believe God about today. 
The Amplified says, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious and worried about your life. Stop it. That's what Jesus called little faith. Little faith. Hallelujah. And I'm halfway through the message. Let's go to one passage in closing, I think. John, John chapter 14 and verse 1. Who's talking here? Jesus, the head of the church, the master. He said, try, do your best. No, no. Let not your heart be troubled. Who's understood subject? You. You are not to let your heart be troubled. Now this is, there's a number of things that's revelation here. One, he wouldn't need to say this unless there are going to be things that try to trouble you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Things are going to come. No matter what decisions you make and what purpose you make to obey God, they're going to come. Sights and sounds, reasonings and feelings and situations. And if you don't do anything, it will come from the outside into you. And it'll tr- you will be troubled. Your heart will be troubled. You'll be vexed. You'll be scared. You'll be uneasy. You'll be in anxiety. I don't care who you are. There's something that can get to you. But. Why did Jesus tell us this? Because apparently. It's possible. Even though it comes against you. Or comes on you. You don't have to let it in you. It will come. But apparently. It's up to us. Whether we let it. Let not. Whether we let it get in us and trouble us. Go to verse 27 of the same chapter. John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled. He already got through saying that. Verse 1. Why would he say it? Because he knows he's lived here. He knows there's going to come pressure. There's going to come money stuff, body stuff, kids stuff, marriage stuff. Come on, are you with me? Things you care about are the things you're most likely to take care over. But what's the truth? I don't have to. No matter what it is. No matter how much I care about this situation or this person, I don't have to let it come in me and me become anxious over it. There's a line we've got to find. I care about them. I care about what's happening. That's good. That's love. Is that right? I care about my kids. I care about my spouse. I care about I care that I pay my bills. That's good. 
I want to do the right thing. I want to have the right thing. I care about it. But there comes a point where you cross a line from caring. And now you're just worrying about it. You're just being anxious and now you're in disobedience. Now it's not love. It's unbelief. Come on, you are with me. And you've crossed a line from caring about to taking care over. Not the same thing at all. And you've got you to gotta learn your own heart and your own mind when you cross that line. And I know over the years the Lord's taught Phyllis and I, and, and I, I can tell when I'm getting too close to that line and I've got to get a hold of myself. I've got to change the channel. Somebody said, what do you do? It's not as hard as you think. You've got to look at something else. You've got to quit looking at those bills. You've got to quit talking about those symptoms. I don't care what's going on. You've got to change the channel. You've got to get your mind off of that and onto him and onto what he said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, a lot of folks are in better shape right now than when you came in an hour or so ago. You are. You are. And if we could all just stay like this 24-7. But that's not life. So you're going to leave here. You're going to go back to your home. You're going to go back to your job. You're going to go back to the school, back to your family. What would be the temptation? Look at this. 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 Can you control what you look at? Just like you turned your head around and couldn't see me anymore. You can turn your head. And you can, now, if something's really been bugging you, oh, it'll come. And if you've been used to looking at the wrong thing, you'll catch yourself looking at the wrong thing. And you'll have to get your chin and go, uh-uh, uh-uh, look over here. Quit it. Yeah, but it's here. I can hear it. Just ignore it. Look over here. Look over here. Is that right? And you'll catch yourself. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Look over here. Look over here. Yeah, but the bills and how much? No, he said he's going to add it to me. He's going to add it to me. Is that right? What we look at determines whether there's darkness in us and unbelief and fear or whether there's light and faith. Hallelujah. And joy and peace. And the reason why it's in our hands is because we can decide what to look at. Can't we? We can decide what to look at, what not to look at, what to talk about, what not to talk about. It's our choice. And in that choice is faith or doubt. And in that choice is victory or defeat. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. He said, verse 27, read it again. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then you don't have to. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. 
For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.